Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing, all you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's Bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Start the show today with a real quick self-check. Kristen, scale 1 to 10, 10 being the best day of my life. Where are you at? Um, This is a very, very bittersweet time of year. So it's like a roller coaster of emotions. I'd say today I'm firmly sitting at a seven. For what reason? Um, because I, I, I'm, I deal with grief. I lost my dad six years ago, so the holidays are just hard. When mm-hmm. you, when you, um, you have this, I have this beautiful son, and he is bringing so much joy to the season, right? And I think it gets, it gets complicated because I wish my dad was here to see it. Sure. Because he's just, oh, he's so stinking funny and cute and, you know, says and does things. And I'm like, it would be so cool to have my dad be a part of this. And he's not. So while Jimmy brings this, like, like tremendous joy, um, missing my dad brings this tremendous sadness. And it's just, it's, it's a bittersweet time of year. My dad's in an unpa- unpacked box in my house somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. So we don't share the same grief. No. Um, but your therapy has said to you, <laughs> the box literally says Fred. <laughs> <laughs> so I know not to put it in the basement. Uh, your therapist has said to you before, though, like grief doesn't go away, right? Oh, or- that's not, not even my therapist. That's something I also learned when I did my little solo healing journey out to Arizona. No, grief is forever. Yeah. Like, just because somebody died doesn't mean the love all of a sudden just goes away. Does it, um, in times like this, because I understand that would be bittersweet, does it get more faint each year or it's the same this year as it was like the second year? No, yeah, this, so this year has been like stupid hard. Yeah? Yeah. And, I mean, and it's been six years, because of Jimmy. Because of Jimmy. Yeah. But Jimmy's been around a couple of years. I mean, this is his, but now his first Christmas, he was like an infant. Last year, he doesn't, now that he's understanding what it is and he's like becoming a little person, mm-hmm. I think it makes it, it makes it that much harder. I understand. Yeah. I accept your seven. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't talking me up. Let me mean it. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. Cass, how are you today? One, one to 10. I'm probably at a six. Six. Even uh, lower than Kristen, who's still grieving her dead dad. Okay. <laughs> All right. What do you get? Okay. You can't do this and compare numbers. That's really jacked up. Yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> um, you know, I got family stuff going on, and I don't know what it was. Like, yesterday was a great day, and then I got home, and I just felt like so sad. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the loneliness that comes with being a mother. Um, which I think nobody talks about that much. Like, it's very isolating sometimes. Just being away from family, it, it just, I don't know. I honestly think, I last night I was like, all I need to do is eat dinner, I'm hungry, and sleep, and I'll be fixed, and I'm not. And so that's what's weird to me. I'm feeling better today a little bit, but I don't know what it is. I just got hit with the, like, the sad lonelies looking at my life. I'm like, so many cool highlights, but why do I feel so unfulfilled? Um, and so kind of had a little existential crisis last night. If you want, I, I got nothing going on today and tonight. If you want to come over, we can sit in my sunroom, look at the train cry. Aw, thank you. <laughs> what a wonderful pl- night. I got plenty of wine. We'll just sit there and sip wine and we'll be sad and we'll look at the tree and we'll cry. That does sound amazing. Right? Yes, I'm, it does. It, it does? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have been watching, for, for some strange reason, been watching really sad movies like the last three nights also. I don't know if it's the time of season or what. Last night was, uh, uh, love and Other Drugs, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, gosh. You watched that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the night before, it was a, a one about a family that gets into a car accident, a couple of people die, call a good person. I don't know why I'm in that place. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's like the lack of sunlight, the seasonal depression. I'm taking my vitamin D, but I think it's just looking at my friendships and like my best friends are in Louisiana. I haven't talked to them forever. I don't talk to my sister that much. And it's just feeling really isolated and huh. missing friends. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you think it's, um, are the kids starting to feel a little bit better? I wonder if you're oh, the on sickness, the yeah, other the side of like having so 
so much physical stress in the house, you being sick, your husband's sick, the kid's sick, and now maybe they're not as much and you're able to sort of... They're not, but I think that probably plays into it. Yeah. I, think, I honestly think I'm just tired and exhausted yeah. and I just need the universe to cut me a break, which sounds ridiculous for my privileged life, but it would be great if they could just not wake up one night. Mm. <laughs> they could just sleep through the night. <laughs> that right, would be awesome. Right. Mo, where are you at? One to ten. Uh, I probably would say a seven. Yeah. Maybe about a seven, seven and a half. Probably feels more right. There's no real reason that I could think of. Uh, I do know that I, I've missed being around my family. The holidays are certainly a, a, a mixed emotion type of time for me as well. I, I start really heavily thinking about my grandmother around this time. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not at a seven where I feel like I'm down. I'm just, I feel like I've been cruising at a seven like all year. That's just kind of mm. been where I've been. Okay. Abby? I'm going to bring us up. I'm at an eight. Hey! I don't know what happened, but I woke up on the right side of the bed. Sweet. Normally, it's the wrong one today. It's it's a good day. I think a lot of it has to do with how I feel physically. A, a lot of how I feel emotionally is correlated with how I feel physically. And I was super active yesterday. I had a lot of good talks on the phone, phone with friends. I had therapy, so I did a lot of purging. Okay. So I woke up this morning feeling a lot lighter and my abs a lot sore. And we got to tell a family that they're going on Burt's Big Adventure yesterday. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to do my first calls for the Burt's Burt Big Burt's Big Adventure families where we got to tell them that they're coming to Disney with us and I knew it was going to be a cool experience but like oh my god seeing the excitement on their faces and just and just how much it's going to impact them like oh god it was the best yeah let me just explain to you guys because I don't want this to be inside so um we have all sort of broken up the amount of families to call this year and tell them that they're going on this trip down to Disney World. Uh, and these are kids that have chronic and terminal illnesses, and now they're part of our family. It's not just this Disney World trip. And we broke it up this year. And did you guys, when you called yesterday, did you have the, the actual kid? See, when you can talk to the kid and tell him, rather than just the parents, like in the middle of the day, it does change things. Yeah, we got to tell her and her mom, and it was magical. Oh, that's great. That's great. All right, I'll match, um, I'll match Abby's eight. I'm at an eight. Eight, 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 eight. Uh, I think the only thing that's really keeping me from a nine, nine and a half is I'm still kind of beating myself. I'm angry at myself for continuing to be angry uh, about the relationship that I just got out of, and I can't seem to shake it. So I'm glad I took Kristen's advice, and I'm going to see my therapist next week. I love you. Um, But that's, you know, it's not absorbing me or anything. It's Mm -hmm. just like from time to time, I'm like, where did you... I feel like I took the L on this whole thing, and I'm having a hard time dealing with that. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I feel great, man. I'm hanging with friends more than I have in seven years. Um, I'm doing things that I, I feel independent for the first time in seven years. I'm excited about my new house. Um, I had somebody stop by the other night. <gasps> a friend stopped by kind of spontaneously and had one last nightcap drink. That hasn't happened in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel pretty good. Good. You know, outside of a couple issues, yeah. So, so let's, like, look at this. Everybody is above a five. And Yay. that's five, sure. is in, like, five is right. So I think that's good. For sure. Yeah. For sure. The Burt Show. All right, Abby. Is it an okay to be an a-hole in this specific friendship scenario? Because you're always supposed to be there for your friends. You're always supposed to be a good friend, but I'm kind of hoping that you're going to green light this one exception because I'm having a wit's end. So I feel like everybody has that one friend that is always in an off-again, on-again relationship with an ex that just sucks. And I have this friend that I love in case she's listening, let me, let me emphasize, I have this friend that I love um, that is always, that has been doing this for years with this girl she's been dating for literally ever. I think they've been together or they were together for about four or five years. And um, she ended up getting cheated on. So at one point she ended the relationship and then they got back together and then she cheated again. They broke up and then they're working out. And then it was just this constant back and forth of them like trying to figure out if this relationship was going to work for them. And so at first when she came to me for advice, I really wanted to be supportive because when it comes to your friends, like you want to be there for them and you really want your friends to be happy and you want to believe the best in people. You want to believe that this ex just made one mistake and then it becomes just two mistakes and then just three mistakes. And you're really hoping that it's going to work out for them because you can see how badly they want this relationship. But then it gets to a point where every time you're on a phone call with them, there's a new story about something crappy they did and why they've broken up and then they're getting back together. And at some point you've seen the damage that this person has done to your friend that you love. 
and you feel like you can't be supportive, at least from a vocal standpoint. And there's only so many different ways you can tell somebody that somebody's not good for them. And I really thought last time, like right when she was about to decide whether or not she was going to break up with this person, I sent her this fire TikTok from a relationship relationship coach, coach called uh, Matthew Hussey, who I love. He always is dropping bars. And I really thought if I can get somebody else to phrase what I'm saying in a different way, it's really going to hit it for her. And this is what I sent her. Separate how you feel about someone from how someone makes you feel. Those are very different things. I may feel about a person that they are charismatic and adorable and intelligent and wise and fun, but they make me feel or if they make me feel lonely and sad and anxious and stressed and questioning my value, that's the reality of my relationship. Mm. So you can think someone is a god, but if they make you feel like you're nothing, that's going to be your experience. Mic drop, dude. Literally, I, I have been following him literally since I was in high school. And I like I've been using his dating advice at like frat parties. And so when I saw this and it perfectly resonated with my friend, I sent that and I'm sitting there like work here is done. She about to end this relationship that sucks. I get a call from her the next day. They were back together. And I'm just like, God, what more can I do? And it, and right now I'm in a position where I'm just like, I'm getting calls about this ex and I'm, I, it's not just toxic. It's getting to the point where I'm a little bit worried about her because they got in a fight and it ended up with her calling the cops and um, it was a, a dangerous situation. And then I thought, well, maybe that'll be the last bit of this relationship. Like something dangerous had to happen for her to finally end it. And then no, you're getting another call about how they're still back together. And at this point, I just feel like everything I'm saying is falling on deaf ears. Like you're going to do whatever, whatever you want to do, no matter how many times I tell you that this person is bad for you. So my question is, am I a bad friend if I tell her I don't want to hear about this relationship anymore? No, I think that makes you a very healthy person and actually a good friend. Well, I'm conflicted for a couple of reasons, because on the one hand, I'm worried if I leave her alone about this relationship like something bad is going to happen and she's going to feel like she has nobody to turn to. Because I know other friends have actually drawn a boundary where they're like, you can't come to us, come to us about her anymore. And so I feel like she's kind of run to me to be able to vent about what's going on. So then on the other hand, I kind of feel like because I'm one of the only people listening to it, I'm enabling it. And every time I pick up the phone and give her more advice, it's sort of feeding into this ongoing cycle of her constantly being in this relationship. It's not your job to take on her burden. And I think it makes you a really good friend that you're there emotionally. Um, I had someone like this in a similar relationship, um, but it was abusive and they kept getting back together. And at some point you have to step back. And I, I didn't stop talking to her. I didn't let her stop talking about the guy to me, but I stopped giving advice. So it put me in a place where I was like, when inevitably it all explodes again, I will be here. You know, I'll, we're not estranged. So I'll be here to help you pick up the pieces. In my head, I'm t telling myself this, but I'm not going to continue to give you advice on how to fix it. So what I did is, what I said is, hey, I think I've given you all the advice I can on the relationship. I really don't have another stance. And then I would change the subject. We To go next level on this, we had Lionel Richie in here years ago, and his daughter Nicole was going through a real big problem with drugs and stuff like that. And he was asking the same questions. I've tried to help her over and over and over and over again. She's not taking my money, not taking my advice, keeps going on the drugs. So he actually had to cut his daughter off because it was so painful. So, and he was trying to protect his own mental health, even though it was his daughter. So I think you do have to set those boundaries sometimes, no matter what relationship you're in. So I think we all have that one friend that kind of does the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different response and they're just not going to get it. And um, for, for my friend, I'm, I'm like in the same boat as Cassie. I don't offer advice anymore, but I'm still there for her and I listen to her. Um, and I, I know how to, if it was every single day that we were talking, that'd be a different story. But it's like once a month and it goes good and then it goes bad and it's very cyclical. Um, but I know in her situation, if she chooses to stay, it's hard. If she chooses to leave, it's also hard because of their dynamic and um, their life. So there's no there's no judgment there. Um, so I just I listen with an open you know, like a, an open heart for your friend here. Um, if if it's constant, then yes, you have to say something for your own sanity. Don't offer her any more advice and just be there when the pieces fall. I mean, that's all you can do. 
Yeah, I, I don't think you're a bad friend at all. I, I think that's a tough situation to be in, but I actually think you should take the advice that you played. You can apply that to this, too, because you see your friend one way. We all do. But the relationship that she's Ooh. in is making you feel a different way, mm-hmm. right? So wow. it's okay. it's similar. There's and, that. And, and I do believe that you are somewhat enabling it if you constantly give your friend that space. So I've always told my friends, I don't want to be a part of your relationship. We don't have the same values. I don't know both sides. I can't really help. You got to let them ride it out, and I'll be there in the end, but I can no longer walk you through this until you you walk yourself through it. Okay, perfect. So be there for her, but stop listening. The next time she calls, just three-way Mo in and have him say exactly what he just said. Paging Mo. (laughs) The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Selena Gomez has a new boyfriend, but not everybody's happy about it. I don't know. Good thing they're not dating him. Right? (laughs) People have always been so weirdly invested in Selena's dating life. Like, I know when her and Justin broke up, I mean, people just kind of lost their minds when he got together with Haley. I will never forget that one Met Gala. Justin and Haley were, you know, walking the carpet, looking amazing, and just minding their own damn business. And then all of a sudden, the entire crowd just goes, Selena, Selena. Mm -hmm. And you can just see Haley's face crumple. It's it's so weird how badly they want these two people to be together who just dated as teens. I don't follow her on a day-to-day, but I do know this, that she has made such a connection with her fans. Like, they truly feel like this is her best friend. I mean, her numbers on social media prove it for sure. So they want the best for her and they are so overly invested. Yeah, they are beyond invested. And I think it's because we know we feel like we've known Selena for a long time. So growing up, I watched Disney Channel, which of course she was on. And so you see her you know, on the Disney Channel show and then you start to see her grow up and start to do music and do more movies and at this point, like, you know, she hasn't really been in your life for 15 years but it kind of feels like it so when she gets with somebody, you know, you're kind of invested in who it's going to be. So a couple of people posted some really snarky comments on a couple of her TikToks and a couple of um, fan photos of the selfie that was posted of both her and Benny Blanco, who by the way is her new boo, and she decided she is not having any of the hate. So when somebody posted something snarky, she responded, he is my absolute everything in my heart. Then why has he been the best thing that's ever happened to me? The end. To another person who had something bad to say, she said, LOL, yeah, and he's still better than anyone I've ever been with. Facts. So this is a good time to recite the conversation that Cassie and I just had in studio, right? So keep this in mind. When you're on social media, somebody is giving you just a little bit of hate or anything like that, or we're coming into political season also where you can really feel like you're crazy or any issue now. I saw this a few days ago and it made so much sense to me that with any issue, especially socially, you have 15% on either side that are so incredibly sort of radical in their beliefs, right? So let's just take politics, for instance. In this case, we're talking about a hater, but in politics, you might have 15% that are total MAGAs, right? Then you've got 15% that might be even on the left of Bernie Sanders. That's that's 30%. It's still the, the minority, but they are so loud socially and so loud and in your face that you tend to forget that there are 60% in the middle that don't feel that way, but it makes you feel crazy because the louder voices are the minority voices. 100%, because I'm just like a casual <laughs> Selena fan. I'm like, I don't really care who she dates. Betty seems like a good dude. <laughs> I'm just, I'm actually shocked she responded. Yeah. Because that doesn't seem... That doesn't seem like her. And then once these haters know that that's kind of a soft spot for you, that's when they go in. Oh, yeah. I'm not shocked by this at all. She's come out a couple of times and has has said a few things. I'm sure that's a big deal for him, though, because especially he probably knows that's not like her norm, but he's doing she's doing it to like let him know, like, I got your back. I'm pretty sure that makes him feel great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the fact that she responded like that makes me think that maybe this one's real serious. Mm -hmm. There's some big feels there. On her cooking show, this was prior to it coming out that she's with Benny Blanco. Um, She was like, she had this like look about her and she said during the it's like she goes I have a crush on somebody <gasps> and it was it was real cute and I'm like oh Selena's got herself a new man and it's Benny Blanco I loved I had heard rumors but I, I I don't know why I couldn't really see them together and I just don't really know like what rooms they would be in at the same time <laughs> but you know what if she's really happy I'm happy for her and having a crush is the best so we love that for her the final thing she said on her Instagram when she was firing back she said I don't understand if you actually care about me this is my happiest if you don't feel free to say whatever if you don't feel free to say whatever you want but I will never allow your words to guide my life ever 
I'm done. If you can't accept me at my happiest, then don't be in my life at all. That's a really good response Mm -hmm. right there. Let me step back for just a second and ask you a question, because I think the definition of this word has changed over the years, and I'm behind a little bit. What's the difference between having a crush and being attracted to? Because you're like, oh, having a crush is so adorable. Oh, well, you can be attracted to a lot of people. Like, I can look at any objectively attractive man and be like... He's fine. But then having a crush is more of like, oh my gosh, I'm excited about the potential of what this okay. could be. It's All deeper. Right. It, there's more emotion to it. Like attracted th- is just like physical, whereas a crush, you're you're invested in that person wholly. Ah, okay. I thought uh, a crush meant like you were attracted to somebody almost unattainable. No. I mean, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, you can joke about having, like, I have a crush on Harry Styles, but I think it's it doesn't mean as much because me and Harry Styles are never getting together. <laughs> but I, like, if you have, like, an office crush and then, like, you get excited every time they come around, you're like, oh, my God, like, they're, they're here. It's because there's actually potential, and okay. it's the best. All right, Michael Jackson's first ever studio recording is out. I'll play you the clip from young Michael on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Starting to look forward to this each and every week now. Kristen's bad take of the week. I think I can add to it this week also. Would you like to go ahead and start? Um, sure. <laughs> I think mine what is just, it, rather than a bad take, it's just a grumpy old man that was tired, stuck behind a school bus trying to get home take. Okay. I, I just felt a couple of days ago when I was driving home, I was behind a school bus that was in my neighborhood. <laughs> and, you know, I'm in a rush to get home and nap and whatever. And I just felt like this school bus was stopping every hundred feet. And I'm just like, back in my day. <laughs> you got out on the corner and you walked your butt home. Like a half a mile, right? Yeah. I just felt like it's like every hundred yards. Can't these kids walk anymore? <laughs> just an idiot take. <laughs> yeah, you, you were grumpy. <laughs> you All right, so my bad take of the week. Now, this is from Tyler Butterworth. Tyler is not the man who has the bad take. He is the one who is calling out the women in this video doing a podcast. I searched high and low to figure out what podcast this is and could not figure it out. So I'm just going to let Tyler do his thing. So you can follow. He's hilarious. He's a military man and he does great satirical videos, right? And he's at at Butterworth the Syrup. That's his handle, okay? (laughs) Okay. And these are three women who are trying to decide who's more toxic, prisoners or men in the army. (laughs) More toxic, a guy in prison or a guy in the army. Hey guys, thank you so much for letting me be on this super awesome podcast. But I'm actually in the army. Oh, a guy in the army. guy in the army. 100%, for sure. (laughs) But why? Yeah, because in prison, at least they find, like, religion. They find relationships, and they get married in prison. Yeah, in the Army, you can do, like, all of that kind of stuff. So it depends on the branch, though. What branch is it? Well, it, it's, it's Army. We, we've been, we've <laughs> been saying that over and over and over. Uh, yeah, Army, Army. All of them. Army, yeah. Army's I'd, definitely very I'd rather have a prison man. I would rather a man in prison, too. Yeah. Or recently out. Is there, I think maybe Navy. <laughs> <laughs> or Air Force. For sure. Nope, dated one of those. They cheated on me. Yeah, they seem like they, they have too much access to air. What? So, yeah. so stupid, it's funny. As somebody who just dated in a military town, I'm inclined to agree with them, I think. <laughs> No one, that no one thought that that funny that joke was funny. No, I, think I want to know more. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, are, you, are you being serious or right. is that you cracking a joke? No, I mean, no. it was kind of me cracking a joke. Except the one part I don't agree <laughs> is the fact that they're like, oh well, people in prison uh, get married and guys in the military don't. Have you ever met a guy in the military? They will propose to you on the third date. They want those benefits. I don't know what kind of perks they get, but it must be enough for them to be willing to walk down the aisle. So what they okay? So so I have this. T- I don't know where you're going to be doubling down on this stupid take. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that stupid? Right it's now. bad. It's bad. a bad take. It sounds stupid. It's well, the um, one who said Air Force, she can't date Air Force man because he has too much access to air. That was, that, that was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so the theory is, guy gets out of prison, is he a better bet to date than a guy that's ever been in the military? No, I was just joking. Yeah, okay. I just bet out with so many Navy officers that I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my bad take of the week for you. 
Yeah, and it's a strong one. Yes, yes it, it is. is. And it's a very strong one. All right, Jackson Kim, our phone screener in studio. And I, it's not official yet. We'll do this next week. But Jackson has told us that he's been trying to lose weight. And I could see it in the face, man. I could see it, dude. That's a good sign. Whatever's happening, whatever you're doing is working. Keep going, right? Feeling pretty yes, good sir. about it. All right, so um, you have... You talk about bad takes, yeah, this, okay? This we is... might be continuing the bad take here. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, open of... up your mic. Oh, I'm ready. He's going to be more fired I up than anybody about I'm ready. Speaking of bad takes, uh, this is just a personal preference of mine. <laughs> you um, know some bad coming when people start like that. <laughs> and he actually rolled his sleeves up. Yes, he did. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a battle. This is going to be a battle. They're not even in the same studio, and he's rolling up his sleeves <laughs> like he's ready to fight. <laughs> All right. Um... I refuse to watch any movie made before t- the year 2000. Idiot. <laughs> oh, was, I'm, was Let that man get his reason out first. I, well, I don't even know if it's that great of a reason. It's, oh. And the thing is, the, the, the year is pretty arbitrary, but, like, any movie that, like, looks old or, like, has bad effects or anything like that, I can't stand, and it completely takes me out of it, and I, I can't do it. Think I, of I, all the classics you're missing, though, that back then was, like, high-tech graphics that suck now, like Star Wars, E.T. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Oh, Titanic. There's Ooh. no way. There's no way I could go back. The thing is, like, you know, when I was a kid, I watched, you know, Star Wars, and it was fine, whatever, but there's no way that I could go back It was back fine. Now. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> Were you born before or after 2000? I was born in 97. How would you feel if some girl was like, I don't date dudes born before 2000 because I just can't stand to look at them. Mm, I'd be a little bit worried about her dating record. (laughs) She's the problem. Listen, someone born in 2000 is 23. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So no black and white movie for you. Oh, Oh, God. God. You see his face? (laughs) What, What kind of Christmas movies do you watch? Home Alone? Elf. Elf, yeah. Yeah, and that barely makes a cut. Yeah, that was like two, 2003. It is 2003. So again, the cutoff is a little arbitrary, but uh, that, that's that's where I sit. <laughs> what about like classic movies that the base of them are not really about effects? It's more about the message of the movie, like just some classics. Like Rocky. 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 Something like that, exactly. What? I haven't seen what? it. Oh, my God. I haven't seen it. To be fair, it. I haven't seen Rocky yet. Okay, yet. wait, wait, wait. Let, okay, let's get this out of the way. This is how I judge people. What is your favorite movie of all time? Something I, came out yesterday. Interstellar is my favorite movie. Oh, oh, mine, mine too. That's solid. All right, that is my number one. All right, maybe it's not that stupid a take. Nicole, good morning. You're on The Bird Show. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you. Please join Jackson Kim in this stupid take. I, <laughs> um, for context, I was born in 94, um, and I kind of agree. I just, I can't stand anything that has, like, really bad graphics. I've never watched any of the Star Wars movies. I just, I cannot get myself to watch more than 10 minutes. Because I can't do it. Because the effects are so terrible? Yeah. Like, it's, it's really, really cheesy and really cringy yes. to me. So, Jackson, is it just movies with effects? Because you're missing out on a lot of movies with a lot of great storylines. Right. So I think I'm coming here also with, like, a request of maybe, like, what is the movie that I should give a shot to that'll maybe open up, like, the gates for me of, you know, movies that I can go and watch, you know? Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. My wife, Renee, just watched that for the first time. So good. I can't can't picture your... Preacher wife watching Pulp Fiction when the gimp comes out. Her, her words at the end of it was like, that's not what I expected. <laughs> Most people felt that way. But Jackson, I think what you should do, Abby's got this new club where she's going out with all these ladies hanging out. I think you should have a listener like the one that called in and get a bunch together and you can have a dumbass movie club. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound as fun as my club, though. Have you seen The Godfather? No. Oh, wow. no! Scarface? No. Oh, you dude, need to yeah. be schooled. Yeah, yeah. Goodfellas? No. Oh. I've got work to do. I get it. I'm here. I, you know, I can admit that. But, yeah, there, there's got to be... Uh, I'll go with Pulp Fiction. Pulp okay, Fiction is a great start. movie. That's okay. a great start. I'll, I'll do it. It came out in 94. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel the same way about books, and that's why you haven't read the Bible? 
Came out too long ago. Tell us your take on the Bible. <laughs> he's only, terrible. He's only about that New Testament, not that yeah, Old Testament. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. The Bird Show. Let's get uh, Aria on the phone here. Um, so I, whenever we have these calls about estrangements or moms or fathers coming in and coming out of your life, I always feel like I'm digging in or already getting defensive because I have a family like this where, you know what, my mom came when it was convenient. You know, my dad came back into my life when it was convenient. And it still hurts me even today. So Aria is struggling with the exact same thing around Christmas. Hey, Aria. Hi there. Hi. Okay. How are you? All right. Let's let's talk about pops. What's going on? Oh well, he wants to spend Christmas with me this year, and um, to give some context, he left my mom and me when I was eight, and he moved away, and I only saw him a couple of times, like through like very sporadically. And but the thing is, my mom she did find love again. She remarried, and um, I love my stepdad. He's great. They're both amazing parents. And um, but you know, I mean, my stepdad is great, but I always really still wanted to have a relationship with my biological father, and I always felt like there was something missing. And it was just really, you know, I'm just I'm very hurt, and I feel very rejected. But at the same time, I still have this desire to get to know him. And it's been 20 years, really, and now he's, and he just contacted me, and he says that he wants me to um, come spend Christmas with him, and he actually saw me a couple of months ago, and we reconnected, and he said he's really sorry, and I do believe in forgiveness. I didn't want to, like, hold a grudge against him, and um, he does want to have now a relationship with me. And he also remarried and had other kids, and I haven't met them yet. And so he's asked me to um, come spend Christmas with them. And I'd want to, but I haven't told my mom yet because I feel like she's not going to approve because she's still pretty angry at him. And I always spend Christmas with my mom and my stepdad. And I don't know. I'm kind of like, I don't know what to do. I wish I could spend Christmas with both of them. Before I throw it to Kristen here, because she's got a question for you. Um, What was his reason for bailing when you were eight? Uh, He was working through stuff. He said he was really depressed, that he went to go get therapy, that he didn't know who he was anymore. He has also, like, a very stressful job um, as a trucker, and I don't know. I mean, it always sounds like excuses, but Mm. it seems like... Right now, he, I don't know. We did have a good time the last time I saw him. He seemed very attentive and asked me questions about my life. And I don't know. I feel like maybe I should give him a second chance. I, I, as your radio BFF, what I would say to you, um, I think it's commendable that he's coming around and he wants to, you know, create a relationship with you again. You can't be absent for 20 years and then swoop in and get a holiday. Um, that's no, I'm going to spend Christmas with my mom and my stepdad. And then right after the first of the year, if you want to fly me out to meet your wife and his kids, which are your half, you know, your half siblings. Absolutely. But, um, there's, there's still like that one meeting and I know you're feeling very hopeful and you, you need to hold on to that. And I think there is a relationship that can be forged here for sure. But I, I, 
I, you're still going to have to do some more proving of yourself before I give you a major holiday. Uh, Heather here has some right. advice for you. Hey, Heather, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Aria would love to hear what you have to say. Her dad's been out of her life since she was eight, and now he's back saying, hey, it's time for a relationship. Hey. What can you say? Good morning, y'all. Hey. It's Heather. I'm a P1. Thank I you. I yesterday. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm calling from the opposite side. I'm actually a, a mother who um, did not have her two children in their lives in my life for 17 years and um it took a lot for my daughter to um forgive me and it took a lot of us a lot of time for us to build our relationship back um i found them in 2009 Um, i was 18 when their dad took them and disappeared um but i don't know if y'all remember who i am but i grew up in foster care so i never really had family um he disappeared with them when my daughter was three months old i saw her again when she was six months old and didn't see them again until she was 17. Wow. Um, did he he kidnap this child or did you willingly give him he was in the military and he took emergency leave and took them to louisiana to his mother's house and i was 18 at the time didn't have any family i lost my job for going back to louisiana i was living in north carolina i mean there's there's a lot of variables behind it but he did disappear with them anytime i tried to contact them he would they would hang up the phone on me they would disconnect their numbers they would change their numbers and this is back in the 90s so it's not like cell phones and internet and things of that nature were really around back then um and i didn't give up but i i i kind of lost hope and and stopped fighting because I knew that eventually they would be at an age to where I could find them. And I did. So your advice here to Aria, because we only have a couple of seconds left here, your advice from the other side would be what? Give him an opportunity to show you that he has changed and that he does love you and he wants you to be in his life because if you don't, you may regret that. Thank you for calling. It doesn't have to be around Christmas. Mm-hmm. It could be after the first of the year, like Kristen said. That, that was my exact thought. Same as Kristen's. I mean, my family dynamic is a bit similar. Me and my father weren't okay for years. When he finally did start coming around and earning his way back into my life, it was 10 plus years before I actually spent a holiday with him. That that has to be earned. Yeah. I don't think he's earned that yet. Does that work, <laughs> Does that work for you, Aria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gives me something to think about. Maybe I could spend New Year's with him. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Do it on your time. Too. I heard yes. you talk about your mom. I heard you talk about how your dad feels. You got to follow your own heart and gut in this whole thing. This is about you. True. And protect I yourself. Have some time. Protect yourself yeah. throughout the process. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. Thanks so much for your advice, guys. Appreciate you listening. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. Telling you, ladies, we guys, we're not stupid. Well, we might be, but we we are trying to listen to you and figure you out all the time. But the it, fact is, we got you zigging, then you zag on us. Sometimes we can also tend to be a walking contradiction. A walking contradiction, exactly what you're exactly. Then, as you zag, we zag with you, then you go back to zigging. <laughs> we can't figure you out. And this is a great example, all right? This is a confused woman on Instagram yesterday that just utterly, utterly had my head shaking because I don't even know that you guys know what you want. This is at Mackenzie Gage. Y'all, it is wild out here. It is wild being a woman because, listen, I am one million percent for women's rights. I think about it actually all the time. I have two daughters. Um, But what I also think about a lot of the times is that, like, I don't want to do it anyway. (laughs) You know, like, I'm glad that we now can drive cars, but I don't want to drive. I don't want to drive, but I don't want you to tell me I can't do it. I also don't want you to do something because I'm a woman thinking that I can't do it myself. Um, But then I think it's you should do it for me. Like when I'm unloading something from the car that's heavy and and a man sees me unloading it, like I, I, I don't want him to assume that I can't do it on my own. But if he doesn't help me, <laughs> that was rude. That was really rude because I don't want to do it by myself. And it was heavy. You know, th- there's a problem. There's a problem. This is a problem. I'm admitting that. And the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Also, like, do not think for me. I can think on my own. But please don't ask because I don't want to use my brain. I don't want to use it. I don't want to use it. But I want to have the ability to. It is confu- It is wild out here. Being a woman is crazy. Crazy, or maybe I'm just crazy, but either way. Is she crazy or does she represent all of you? 
I think she represents us deep down on a satirical level because I've definitely been on this side of TikTok where there will be men talking about how women shouldn't be out here doing the corporate jobs. They need to be at home, like, you know, living the soft life. And there will be some girl stitching that video in, in response and being like, yes, finally somebody said it. Because I think, like, deep down, everybody wants to be, you know, somebody's trophy wife because it sounds good in theory. But I think most women do want autonomy because we're full human beings. Uh-huh. Now, earlier, I, I talked about a relationship coach that I really love called Matthew Hussey, and he said something interesting about the concept of chivalry. He's like, there's three types of women. There's women on this side of the spectrum that can't do anything, and oh, they don't want to use their brain, and they can't, they're, they're completely incompetent. And then you have the other type of women that are hyper-independent who are like, I can do everything on my own. I do not need anybody. He said, women have to find somewhere in the middle specifically when it comes to being around men, it's like, I know I can do everything on my own, but it's a lot more fun when somebody else does it. <laughs> We're trying to figure y'all out. You can't even figure you out. Right. So I am trying to figure out which is the problem in itself as I am looking through the calendar. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if January is a convenient and easy month for me to not drink for 30 days. (laughs) Isn't that how it goes? Like when you're like, you know what? I'm not going to drink in this month. But then you start going through the calendar and you're like, oh, that's my friend Amy's birthday. I'm sure we're going to drink. I can't really do that because, you know, it's going to be blank or blank. And then you try to pick the convenient. I definitely need this right now. I don't know where you guys are with drinking, but I just got through an engagement, um, breaking up during an engagement. So I will say that I've been numbing a little bit more than I have been in the last year. Nothing like when I went through my divorce years ago. It's been much better than that. I'm not nearly that guy, but it's just been, I'm back to like one or two a night, Mm. uh, which is real bad. Uh, And then even when I I had dinner with some friends the other night and I said to myself, I'm going to shock all of them. I'm going to get into that restaurant and I'm not ordering a drink tonight. And as soon as I set foot in the restaurant, I'm like, what do you guys want to drink? (laughs) (laughs) So I I really think that it will be very healthy for me in January. And I told these guys earlier, I'm dealing dealing with some self-anger issues also in breaking up the engagement. Uh, And I want to be real clear about this because I think sometimes you guys get this twisted. You guys are fans of the show and you're on my side. And when I say that I went through a breakup, I put it on me, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I don't like to expose my ex. I still respect my ex. She's got a daughter that I absolutely love. So when I'm looking back at this relationship, I take a lot of responsibility for what I put up with. So the anger that I'm dealing with. Uh, she had, she's never, she never asked me to do things that I did. She never forced me to do things or put me in positions that I did to myself. But now that I'm looking back at it, I, I've asked myself why I sacrificed for so long in areas that are really, really important to me. And that's not on her. That's been on me. So I've been pretty angry at myself and I've been drinking a little bit to try to like get those thoughts and that anger out of my head. And I just got to stop in January. Uh, so we're, I think we're all in the same boat. Uh, my blood type right now is Pinot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't know about, um, I, I don't know what the deal is this particular holiday season. Um, but I've caught myself drinking more and drinking during the week. Cause that was my mm-hmm. thing. Like I don't drink during the week and I'm only, you know, doing it on the weekends. Is it parties that you're going to, or is it just if, fun? if me sitting at the kitchen table while my son's walking, watching Mickey Mouse, uh, clubhouse a is a party, then, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you, it also, is. you also said this time of season every year is hard for you because your dad's not around anymore. Yes. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. So when you're, you know, but everybody, like, you know, like, drinking doesn't make it better. Drinking makes it worse. Mm-hmm. I know. You say that. And but for a little while, though. It make it, I'm about to say, it make it better for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least a little bit in the middle somewhere. There's a couple hours in there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's an in studio problem because I also am like, I have already been thinking, talking to my husband about taking January off from drinking and doing dry January mm-hmm. just because I want to see what it feels like. It's been so long since I've gone that amount of time without a drink. I don't know what it feels like anymore, and I want to see what it feels like, and if I truly am a better person sober, or if the world needs me drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All very good questions. I, I remember I, too, was trying to find a month to go sober, the entire month, and that was two years ago. I still have not found that month. Um, I, I, I wanted to stop during the week. That was a thing for me, too, and I think I realized 
it's a mental thing with me. It's something about me where if I say I'm not going to drink for 30 days, it, it it's like it becomes the hardest thing ever. Can I tell you that I walked out of a situation the other day where I had one drink and left the bar, and that was way more difficult than me not drinking at all. Same. Yeah. Same. And I, I think if I do it organically to the point where I'm not actually, like, challenging myself, I do it easily if I'm just not thinking about it. And then now I've gotten a routine where Katie and I would have one drink during podcast day during the week, and then I give myself a floating day. So if I drink on Friday, I can't drink on Saturday. If uh-huh. I drink, vice versa. But I got one other day that I can use, and that's worked for me. That's been my routine. We, we know Abby's been hitting the sauce because she's been talking to cows. Yeah, <laughs> had, her, had her friend group the other day. Oh yeah, she I mean, excused that, herself to talk to some animals. That Pinot has been hitting me hard, but I've already committed to doing Dry January, which I'm not like super stressed about because I find it really easy to give up alcohol because of the way it makes me feel. And I've noticed a correlation of how I feel like for the rest of the week. Like if I have a really hard weekend of drinking, I will notice that for the rest of the week I'm kind of mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. And so the thought of getting to have so much clarity in January is getting me excited. Although I will say I'm, I. I'm giving myself two cheat days because my cousin's bridal showers in January. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be having me some mimosas. All right, so this is what we're going to do okay. for Jan- for like 2024. Um, you remember how we had the sex bell last this past year? Yeah. And then, you know, whoever got, got laid had to you know, hit the bell. Um, this year, we're going to see who can go the longest without having a drink. Oh, see, and we're all very competitive in here. Yes. So um, when we come back from the holidays, we will mm-hmm. have okay. the drink bell. And if you had a drink, you have to come in and ring the bell and you're out of the competition. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm not Kind of hold it because I, I, I think we're all pretty much on the same page that we want to we wanna cut back. So we're going to have the drink bell for 2024. I don't know why this competition scares me more than any we've ever had. All <laughs> I hate to give up drinking in January because I have a best friend that's got a birthday in October. (laughs) (laughs) The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Well, this is cool. You can now own Michael Jackson's first ever studio recording. It's never been released before, and it's for their song that's already out called Big Boy. And now you can own it for $25. You have to go to anotherblock.io to be able to purchase it. I was going to play the original one, but I was like, $25 is a lot of money. So that's the original version. So Tommy, our studio director, is like one of the biggest Michael Jackson fans ever. I'm guessing you're going in on this. Well, I already know about this song. Big Boy, it was on Steel Town Records. Records and uh, it it is available like on forty five. If you can find that forty five record, the vinyl, <laughs> it is worth a lot of money. Yeah, that that is like my needle in the haystack. If I ever found that, that would be a prize in my Michael Jackson collection. Well, now you can own it digitally. Just got to find that twenty five dollars. Nah, I'll get it for free. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> when Jared, I know this is going to age us. When Jared Leto was in here, uh, what did he say was his first forty five the other day? Oh, uh, I love rock and roll. That's right. Because the two records he named, I have both of them on forty five. Do you guys? Are, did you guys buy forty fives back? Were you even old enough to buy forty no, fives? I wasn't. Oh, I, I, cassettes were the first. Like okay. that was my first thing I bought for music. Was cassettes. Same. Cassettes for me too. For me, it was uh, Beth by Kiss was on one side. Nice and number Det- one. And Detroit Rock City was on the other. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a record player, and it's so funny because I have the most random collection of mine vinyl and a lot Thank of them you. are Taylor Swift records but my first one ever was actually um, a Doja Cat <laughs> record which is so <laughs> random it's not the kind of music you think you would listen to on a record player but it actually sounds really good okay a top 20 list of the worst Christmas songs of all time have just come out and I thought we could guess I thought it'd be a real fun game for us to be able to pick the worst Christmas songs of all time according to AV Club I guess they are the the authority on the worst Christmas songs of all time so I I have the top 10 in front of me, okay. and I'll give you a point if you can guess one of the top 10. I saw the list this morning, so I'm going to take myself out of this competition, but I will tell you this, that I was not surprised at all by what was number one. Number one is is iconic. Okay. What about the Hippopotamus song? The Hippopotamus song is not on the list. I saw Mommy Kissing uh, Santa Claus. I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus not on the Casey list. Casey Musgraves does a great song, uh, that hippopot- a version of that Hippopotamus song. It's really good. Are these like classic Christmas carols or are they like pop artists and stuff too? 
Um, there are a couple of pop artists on here, and there's a couple of classics, so it's a mix. I mean, I love this song, but I'm guessing Britney Spears' My Only Wish is on there. It's you, not. That's ooh, a great song. I love that you song. Wish. You're, just, <laughs> you're just assuming any list that has to do with bad songs, Britney's on. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Abby, did you move your computer? Yeah, you I'm I, saw, I saw you looking. I am not cheating. There's no competition. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't win it. Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. That is number two. Why do radio stations play this song so much every year when it sucks so bad? Clearly the people are speaking. Did Mo (laughs) just say he's never heard this song? Never in my life. Yeah. Well, you're lucky. You're lucky. (laughs) Wow. I've never heard this. This is a classic. I've seen the movie on VHS. We used to watch it on road trips to Grandma and Grandpa's house. It's iconic. It's a classic POS. So that came in at number two. We got four more. Did someone... Um, let so, it snow. No. That's a good one. I know. That's a good I don't one. I don't know any bad ones. Um I played that Snoop Christmas song for you the other day. That, that should, should be, be on, on there. there. Yeah. There's, there's only one other song on this list that you guys are gonna get, and it's the number one song. And I'm super surprised that you have not said this song because it has come up recently on this oh, show. Uh-huh. Oh. We devoted quite a bit of time to it. But Kristen the, had the, never heard it, which was shocking. The Christmas shoes? Yes. yes. Do I wanna buy <laughs> Turn it down, I can't. I can't. We're going to watch you cry. No, no, no. I'm taking my... Turn it up, Tommy. His mama's dying. All he wants is these Christmas shoes for mama. I can't hear you. (laughs) We played that for Kristen a couple of weeks ago because she hadn't heard it, and I had built it up as like the cheesiest Christmas song because I think I've heard it a million times, and it might have affected me the first time, but now it's just like, this is so dumb. And Kristen's like, oh, I need to hear this dumb song. And we played it for her, and she is bawling crying about it. Because like, Abby said her brother cries every time it comes on. And I'm like, so no bad. way. And it's, then it played, and I was sobbing. It's all right. Mama's wearing the Christmas shoes. Okay, Tommy, stop. In Seriously, her stop. Stop, Tommy. What is wrong with you? Stop. Putting that song on that list is disrespectful. <laughs> mama, yes. shoes, and everybody. All of it. So which, where does that come in at? Number one. That's number one. Yeah. They must about, have heard our segment. What about because it's so controversial, baby, it's cold outside? You know what? I will finish up this list and let you know what the other three songs are on your Damn. next EBA on the Bird Show. That's so ridiculous that that song got the hate that it did a couple of years ago. It, it, come on. Actually, someone else did a deep dive on it based on the timing, and it's actually a feminist anthem. What? Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to have to cover this in the next <laughs> entertainment podcast. <laughs> okay, all right. The Bird Show. To knock or not to knock? That is the question here. He's saying narc. Knock. Narc. You speak English? <laughs> knock. Um, that's what Rebecca here is wondering because she and the others in the office think that uh, the boss has been stealing from the holiday gift fund and she wants to know what she thinks she can do about it. And if you guys want to get in on this when you hear and want to give her some advice, one eight five five Bircho. Hey Rebecca. Hey. Hi. Okay, so what is going on with the boss, and do you have concrete proof that the dude is cheat uh, is stealing? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have concrete proof. Thank you guys so much for answering my call. I really appreciate it. Long-time sure. listener, first time caller. Thank you. Um, but I can give you the information I do have. Um, so by way of background, it's me and about 11 people in total in my department. And the only other people outside of just regular employees like me are the boss and our administrative assistant. So the gift was for the administrative assistant. We all love her. She's incredible. She goes above and beyond. No one has anything negative to say about her. But the thing is, she makes a lot less money than everyone else that works in my department. And we're not in a position to raise her, you know, pay. So we wanted to give her a really, really nice gift. So everyone put together $100, and it was approximately $1,000 in total. Um, so the boss collected our money. He was going to go buy the gift um, and pay any difference between what was collected and what the gift actually cost. And that's where things kind of went a little crazy. So we've had our Christmas party. And at the Christmas party, it was the time to give the administrative assistant the gift. Um, and when she got it, she was just overwhelmed. She started crying and hugging everyone. And she was just so shocked and grateful. But then when we looked at the gift, everybody else was kind of confused because it was a lot different um, than what we had agreed on in terms of what the price was. And in fact, I think it was approximately less 400, like $400 less 
than what we had all, you know, pitched in. And there wasn't any money left over. There wasn't a gift card. Um, so we all kind of think he pocketed that money. And, and that's, that's where we are now. Man, without like 100% concrete proof, it is the boss. And depending on what yeah. state you live in, look, the company doesn't need it any kind of reason at all to fire mm-hmm. you, right? So yeah. what do you do with this info? Who's got something here? one 855 What do you guys do? I, I don't know if you can confront them. Well, if I was in this situation and like, let's say it was us at our Christmas party and we think maybe we were, we were going to give, you know, one of our phone screeners an extra big boost and I'm looking at the gift. I'm like, that's not, that's not what we did. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at everybody else who pitched in for this gift. I'm probably going to get some kind of group chat together and be like, hey, did y'all notice anything different about the gift that we all pitched in for? Didn't it look a little bit smaller than what we bought and then maybe come up with a plan that you guys can all do because it's easy to you know uh fire one person but if you guys are all coming together and saying hey something's sus here i think that looks a little less shady um as a side note here if this scenario was true who do you think would be most apt on this staff to steal off the top to steal the money I'm not gonna. No comment. <laughs> She's like, I'm still too smart. new. I haven't been here 365 days yet. I don't need no em- enemies yet. Uh, I don't know what you do in this situation, especially if you don't have uh, concrete proof. Yeah. I, I think your hands might be tied. I, I guess. Don't, I don't think you can confront him, but can you at least ask him why the the gift? that was originally supposed to be purchased wasn't just kind of not in an accusatory way, but in a curious way. But I do think it has to come from everybody and not one person. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you okay. go to him and you say something like you find out the actual price of the gift, right? And you go, hey, me and the crew, you got to get their permission first. Had a great idea with the leftover money that was raised and wasn't used for the gift. Can we make a donation to a local shelter on behalf of the office? Oh, great and, idea. And that way he's got to be like, what do you mean? And either show receipts for what the gift actually cost, or he's got to cop up the money. So you guys are still out, but then the money's going to at least to a good cause, and that's a way of calling him out. Well, that's good. But that's you make great. yourself look good, yeah. and you make the office look good. Yeah, yeah. weaponized charities. That's good. <laughs> um, if you they could, benefit. <laughs> we, we have one called Burt's Big Adventure. Um, you can go to birdsbigadventure.org to learn more uh, if you want to throw that 400 bucks our way. <laughs> that's right. Uh, good morning, Burt Show. Who is this? Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Trina, good morning. You are on the Bird Show. Hi. Hi. I agree with what was said before about getting the group together and discussing it outside of work hours. And maybe go to him as a group and say, hey, can we look at the receipt? Because we've talked about one thing and this is a bit different. And let's just talk about it. And then that way you're coming forward together as a group, being honest and open, and then can find out concrete proof how much it costs. Man, the only thing that scares me here is boss's ego. Like if everybody comes out like a mob mentality, Mm. (laughs) I don't know. I I love Cassie's idea. I don't know who you get to be the person to send the email, but be like, um, hey, all of us uh, who donated money to the assistant got together and we all decided that with the remaining $400 that we collected, we would love to go to Burt's Big Adventure. (laughs) There you go. We've given you some ideas here, Rebecca. Um, Hit us back on Monday and let us know what you in the office did, okay? All right, thank you guys so much. All right, Godspeed. It's the Bird Show. The Bird Show. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, Ooh. no. Oh, no. I'm disappointed in Mo. Oh. And Kaylee. Oh, that me makes too. Sense. You guys. I don't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> but I can tell you right now, I stand with Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do, Mo? <laughs> it's what you both did. Now, I'm not going to call out this establishment by name because it's a perfectly fine establishment, okay? So I'm not going to mention where you all went because that's not, you know, the specific establishment is not what I'm trying to target here. We have a business colleague who came into town from Los Angeles Mm -hmm. to meet all of us and have meetings with us, okay? She is lovely and she hasn't been to Atlanta in a very long time. She's got family here, but uh-huh. she hasn't been here in a while. And so she's coming in to have these one-on-one meetings with everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So I get excited when somebody comes into our city and I do a little research and I want to make sure that I take them to a place that represents our beautiful city well. <laughs> okay. And I took her to Storco Fresco over there in Buckhead. It's a fabulous Italian restaurant. They have a cute little bar scene. 
Um, so we bellied up to, to the bar. They have a, a bartender that does like, you know, craft cocktails and stuff like that. So we had we had our cocktail. Uh, she had her old fashioned. I had my espresso martini. We got some prosciutto crudo and some fried artichokes. It was lovely. We had a lovely meeting together. But you're fancy like that. That's not fancy. Storico Fresco is not fancy. You got bruschetta or whatever you call it in, in a restaurant. <laughs> prosciutto. Yeah, it's not prosciutto. <laughs> I don't understand any of the words you just used. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it's it's a tasty spot, right? And then we're, I'm sitting there talking to her, and I'm like, so who have, who have you met with? And, like, where'd they take you? And she goes, well, um, I went to, well, I met Kaylee first, and he took me to insert chain restaurant here. No. It's not a. That is a chain. It ain't McDonald's. It's or, not, I didn't say fast food. No, okay. It's a chain restaurant. It's a chain restaurant. Well, I'm. But some chain restaurants are better nope. received than others. Nope. It's a chain restaurant. And are, then, you afraid, are, are you afraid that we're going to offend an advertiser? No, I just thought they don't need to be. It's a perfectly fine restaurant to go to, but not when you have company from out of town Honestly, and you want to show them a good time. My guess is Kaylee had a gift card to that chain. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? No, but you know what? Uh, but I will point out something that when we... <laughs> <laughs> ponied up to the bar in the same way you did, Kristen, just not at a foo-foo restaurant, apparently. Mine's not a foo-foo okay, restaurant. well, sounds, fine. Sounds foo-foo. Um, it's not, I promise. One of our um, colleagues <laughs> happened to come up to the bar next to me, Dallas, from the country station. Mm -hmm. And when I went to pay for the meal, which Brittany was like, um, no, I've got it because I got the corporate credit card. And I'm like, okay, fine. But we went to pay. They had already taken care of it for us. So I didn't, no one had to pay. I didn't even know I was paying for these lunches, yeah. but now I know. Surprise. You didn't pay. Yeah. Hey, guess what? You didn't pay. <laughs> I have my lunch with her later today. I'm upgrading where we're going yeah. now. Well, then I applaud you for taking her to the cheap-ass one. I mean, it's not, it's not cheap. I mean, they do have a lunch special, two slices and a drink for like seven ninety nine. You can't beat that. Did you take her to Pizza Hut? No. No, no. It, but it's yeah, a but chain it's restaurant. Okay. And so then I, we're sitting there, and I was like, and I was just, I was slightly disappointed because there's so many fabulous spots and fabulous haunts in our city, right? And then I'm like, okay, well, who are you meeting next? And she's like, I'm going to meet Mo and Katie. And I'm like, that's awesome. Where are they taking you? The same place. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did you did you know that nah. he had taken Shame on y'all. To be fair, to be fair, for Mo and Katie, that place is their haunt. Like they go there all the time, right? Is this the one right across the street? Yes. Oh, okay. Alright, nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. I, that's what I'm trying to tell you. There's nothing wrong with going there. But when you have company from LA come into town and you want to take them out and show them Atlanta, is that where you're going to go? Okay. Uh, Look, when it comes to Mo and I, right, we received an email and she said where she was going before and she had an hour window. So I wanted to keep her close and in the same range. So I was like, why not take her to the spot where we go? We yeah. had no idea what Kaylee was going to do. I would just like to point out the fact that Katie said, I, I pointed, I chose the spot where we would and meet. Also, so also, Mo, just to be clear, Mo went where he was asked to go. Okay. That's all okay. Mo did. Okay, so and also I want to point out the fact that you made her go out of her way and drive further from her hotel to meet you when I went closer to her, her hotel to make it more convenient for her. Okay, well, now to be fair, I set up the meetings and I had her meeting Kaylee at the station. Okay. So that okay. one's on me. All right, so mm -hmm. this is typically the way a guy thinks. is like, let's think more convenience than we are going to like well, be too impressed. Well, it wasn't even, I wasn't trying to impress. I was trying to have a meeting, but, uh, and it wasn't even established that we were going to lunch. We were, we could have just met here at the station. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why don't we just mosey on across the street real quick? <laughs> All right, let me make these guys look better. Okay. Thank you, Bert. I, I took her to Wing Factory. Right here on Roswell Road. Great food. Great food at Wing Factory. I just don't even know what to do with you guys. I, I just read the email. The email said we we're meeting here at this time. And I said, well, that's convenient. And I showed up. That's all I did. You're, you're the type of people who visit New York City and go to Hard Rock Cafe. Right? <laughs> 
they're there in Times Square doing Pope Go Shrimp Company. Yeah. <laughs> All of Gordon, we're family here. Now, to our credit, we did put her up in a very nice hotel. And then brought her to every chain restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe, you only get one. Did I you know the headquarters of Chick-fil-A is here? Let's go to Chick-fil-A. I, I stand with Kaylee. I stand with Mo. Thank wow. you. Chick-fil-A would have been better because they don't have that in L.A. Yeah. There's no bar at Chick-fil-A. Kristen, we're not all like that. I did research. You did? Where'd you take her? I went, I'm going today after the show. Where you going? I was asked to take her to have coffee. And normally, first <laughs> coffee place, I thought, hmm, I could go around the corner to Prado to Target, take her in Target, and go to the Starbucks. Oh I said, nay, I will not do that to our visitor from Los Angeles. I said, I will go on the internet, and I will search the best coffee place in Atlanta. So we will be having coffee at Dancing Goat Perfect. Coffee bar. Perfect. Because okay. it's, right, it's a little bit special. It's a little taste of the city, yes. right? Which I happen to think Wing Factory is also. Yeah, well, Tommy, you could just tell her to come here and then just walk her like 100 feet down the hall to the coffee machine. Like, I would have I would have been more impressed if you would have said, like, Magic City. I would have been like, that's yes. an acceptable wing place in Atlanta. An institution, right? Mm -hmm. All right, speaking of institutions, let's get serious here. We only have about a minute or two left in the break because... Uh, the, the level of hate and meanness here, I, I just don't get it. Well, this, is, this is a, it's not a complicated story, but it's a, it's a shocking one to say the least. So bystanders stopped a 26-year-old woman from setting fire to the home where Martin Luther King Jr. was born. So if you're in Atlanta, you're very familiar with this like national historic site. And this is the birth home of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And there was two visitors from Utah who stopped this woman from pouring gasoline on the porch and the door of the home. Um, and then there happened, just happened to be there at the same time, two off-duty New York Police Department officers who happened to be visiting the house at the same time. They chased her down and detained her until the Atlanta Police Department arrived. There's actually video of this, of her on the porch pouring gasoline. She had hidden a lighter underneath a bush and she was about to light it and they blocked her from getting back up to the porch. Um, they said that she had nervous energy, but she wasn't aggressive. And then when she wasn't able to light the fire, she just started walking swiftly down the street. And that's when the two New York officers restrained her. Um, they, I, they haven't released the name, but the relatives describe her as a veteran who was experiencing mental distress. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. It's so tragic all the way around. It yes, really it is. is. But thank, thankful, so thankful for those good Samaritans that preserved a piece of history that is so sacred to Atlanta. For sure. It's a bird show. The bird show. <laughs>